talk about the thrill of hope. You know, me being a church kid, you hear the Christmas story and you kind of grow up around it all. But like I just mentioned, it should be thrilling to us. It should be um, Christmas is coming. Now, obviously, I'm a little bit more spiritual than you guys. And so I put up my Christmas tree on Halloween. Because I have an understanding, this is a fact in case you didn't know that, um, not because I'm more spiritual, but honestly, um, so for me, uh, this year and going forward, uh, Jess and I, we were like, you know, we, uh, November 1st is what it, was, what it was supposed to be, and I forget the reason why it just worked out better to do it on Halloween, but we literally put up all our Christmas decorations on Halloween, and, uh, and it's been awesome, and part of my mindset in that was like, you know, we're, we're kind of busy with the church and all the things that we have going, and so for me, it was like, hey... I can sort of enjoy and, and experience Christmas better, you know, if it's just around more, you know, and so we'll put up the tree and we'll do all the things and we'll really enjoy it. And what's been interesting for me is uh, even though for the last two months and even since Halloween, all we've been consumed with is the music in the stores, music on our radio, it's on all of our TV shows, it's on, how many of you feel like Christmas still crept up on you? Right? You're like, it's Christmas. It's here. I can't believe that it's already here. And even though we've just, it's been in our face for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's just been all, and really months, all in front of us. And so um, it's, it's interesting to me that we still have that feeling that it caught us. And uh, I wanted to share this with you um, yesterday. I'll get to this in a minute. And so I wanted to say, I mentioned it just earlier. Today in Christmas is literally, I mean, it's, it's Christ Mass. Christmas is the worship, it's the mass, it's the worship of Christ. That, and of course, we all know that, and I'm being redundant, but, uh, but Christmas is literally where we say, hey, we celebrate this, why? Because it's about worshiping Christ. It's Christ's mass. That's what all of this is about. And it's interesting to me that in our life, we, we tend to spend more of our energy putting up the lights, figuring out what we're going to bake, figuring out how we're going to change the elf on the shelf, putting it on Facebook to annoy other people, right? <laughs> Amen. Like, hello, are you guys with me? It's like, we, it's like we either, you could maybe use the word worship those elements of Christmas more than we even worship the reason for Christmas, right? They say, well, we got to move the elf and we got to do this thing. And, all, and we've built all of these traditions into Christmas that are okay, but all of those things could be the thing that actually totally rob us of Christ's mass. Yeah. Amen of worshiping Christ here at Christmas. And so um, I've worked really hard at it this year uh, to, to not do that, you know, to, to put up the tree early and to, and, and to have everything around us. And <laughs> for me, yesterday, uh, I kind of noticed like, oh, here I am. I'm getting caught up in it again. So let me kind of just waste a little time telling you about nothing, but I promise it'll make sense in a minute. So Yesterday, uh, so we had a birthday party for Carolina on Friday, and, and, and it was exhausting uh, because I'm ridiculous, and I can't say no to my daughter who turns three uh, in a couple days. And so, so it was a big whole deal, and we had a whole bunch of fun. And so then the next day, we thought that we did a pretty good job uh, blocking out our Saturday to kind of recover and set up for church and whatever. And then all of a sudden, as we got into the day, that's not really the case. All of a sudden, we found all these things that we needed to do, and all this stuff kind of popped up. And, uh, and so I said, well, you know what? It's important that like tonight, we were set on like not having anything at night. We need to just whatever. And so here's what we're going to do. We are going to divide and conquer. We are going to, uh, we're just going to do it. And so one of the things that we had to do uh, was we had to grocery shop, full-on grocery shop, um, on the Saturday before Christmas. Just wait, it gets better. 
It was also M Perks Day, where it was 5% off grocery, 15% off general merch, and whatever the other stuff is. I started blacking out when I noticed everyone that was there. Some of you extreme couponers. I mean, like, there's places in hell for certain people. And I think those extreme couponers, I'm glad there's none here now. So, oh, wait, wait, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So we're doing the M-Perks thing, and, and so I tell Jess, this is how crazy I am. This is how serious I am about, like, we're going to be here tonight. And so I go, I have an idea. They were going to go make Christmas cookies. I have an, I have an idea. Um, how about I take Charlie, who's our eight-month-old boy, why don't I do the grocery shopping? Yeah, I'll do it. I can do that. Like, I go with you sometimes when we grocery shop, and it's not that bad, you know? I say, I can do this. And so I head over there at like the prime time. It was middle of the afternoon too. I mean, everybody was out and they were, you know, really in the festive spirit of Christmas. Everyone was so kind and ready to. And so, so Charlie Boy and I, we get together. We're excited because the girls aren't with us. So that means we can go fast because they're the ones that waste the time, right? You know? And uh, so, you know, in my mind, I'm mapping out. I was like, oh, half an hour, I can do this. I mean, I know where the Doritos are. I know where the, you know, like, <laughs> it's be easy, you know. And, uh, and so, so we go, and so we go. And, um, and so I had got my niece and nephew a couple little, uh, like, toy things. And uh, so it was like this. Are, there, are they in here? Are they? I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, she's not there. Okay. <laughs> They're here, but I shouldn't say. So anyway, so I got this thing, and I, I'll just leave it out in case she is around. But it has this rubber thing on the top of it and it's soft and then it's got this tube connected to it but it's not a baby toy it's not a kid toy and uh and so I of course like a good dad I'm like you're not supposed to have this do you want it it'll be awesome and so he's in the car he's old enough to sit up in the car and so I give him that and and I'm going down the aisles and I'm not kidding you the parents I'm getting the look at that guy I bet that thing has BPA in it. He's chewing on whatever that is. I don't even know. They just tell you to be BPA free. I just see all of your posts on the things about the chemicals and plastic. Kids are like, I don't even, what are they allowed to play with? I don't know. We ate sticks when we were a kid, like when we were out playing because we didn't want to go. Now you can't even have a fruit snack unless it's like been seen by a doctor, you know? And so, uh, so I got this plastic thing for him. And, um, and, and, and so he's chewing on it, and all the moms are walking by, just like, oh, my God, look at what that guy's doing, you know? And, uh, and so and they, they, I'm feeling the hate, the Christmas spirit's coming in, you know? And, uh, and so I'm like, you know, whatever. And um, so I'm trying to figure out chips, and then this one lady's like, uh, hey, hey, do you need help? And I'm like, well, I know, but I, 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 I like Cool Ranch. She likes the other. Oh, you're talking, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> my kid is hanging out of the cart by his ankle. You're talking about that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'll put him back in here. <laughs> That's my bad. We'll put him in there. And so more hatred. At this point, I kind of feel like Monsters, the movie, where they're like, 23, 19. Like, people are following me just to keep an eye on this. And, um, and so more Christmas spirit hatred. And so at this point, I'm annoyed. And, uh, and so I get over, you know, to the, the reason for Christmas. And I get over to the, uh, the Little Debbie uh, Christmas tree cake section. <laughs> Do we have, if you've never had one, there's a special place in hell for you too, if you've never had one. <laughs> but there are these. It looks like I took that picture, but I promise you I didn't because they were out of them. <laughs> I know. And so I get there, I get to the thing, and at this point, Charlie's crying, I'm crying. <laughs> we're both throwing things on the ground because really, what is the point of Christmas <laughs> without a Christmas tree cake, right? Amen? Like, I mean... 
So it's a big deal. And so uh, there's none of those. And so I'm just like, we got to get out of here. I'm not sure if we left stuff or stole stuff. <laughs> I just know we got out of there. And, uh, and so the best part, we get to the car and uh, we, Jess and I break things up. And, um, and so she puts Charlie in his seat normally. And I put Caroline in hers and she's older and, uh, and she's allowed to do the facing forward thing. And so, uh, and so I go over to the side of the car and I put him in there and I'm not kidding you all. There was those women again. They were just like, oh my God, I think he's going to put it in the forward facing. <laughs> Somebody call the thing. And, uh, and I didn't, and so I didn't, I was actually putting him in just to put the groceries in. And it was funny because he noticed, I didn't notice, but I put him in and he's like tapping like, Hey, this is cool. This is not my seat. <laughs> And I noticed, and so I left him for a minute, and then and all the ladies were around going crazy. And, uh, and so we finally got out of there, and I just remember driving down the road thinking, like, this is not what it's about. Just all the crazy, and Jess is getting Christmas cookies done. The best part for me is uh, by the time, oh, so I text her. Now, you got to remember my wife. She's very, like, detailed, likes everything in a certain way. Like, I'm sure at this point already, she's, like, taking notes, like, that one's a little off by the thing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but... She's, her gift is like, you know, like stuff looks good and whatever. And, um, and so she wasn't home yet. And so I get home with the groceries and of course groceries have to be put away. And, uh, and so I say to her, like, if I were to text her like, Hey, are you coming home? I'm hungry for dinner. She'd be like, I have hours left. I'll be home later. Make yourself something. But instead I was like, Hey, when are you going to be home? Or do you want me to put the groceries away? (laughs) And I, I like, I heard the car start already clear across Holland. Like she was coming home and uh, just bust, busted home. It was so like just humorous and Christmas, like the hustle and bustle. The best part is this is what she came home to. Um, like all that craziness went down and then she came home to this. He was in bed just like, yeah, I won. I was like, I, I grocery shop and he's knocked out and, uh, and, and I win, right? Minus the Christmas tree cake. So um but so it's so funny. So I just she comes home and whatever, and it's done, and we move on with the day. I just remember thinking, like, man, no wonder we essentially miss the thrill of hope or Christmas or Christ Mass and worshiping because of all the stuff that we get caught up in. It's so very possible in just trying to be a good steward of your day and dividing up and just just all that we have to deal with. It's so important for us to look at how can we make sure we don't miss Jesus in all of this because it's what it's about that's what we just saying like it's everything that we're all about is jesus in the season all those things are great and fun and we celebrate it and whatever but if we don't intentionally work at making sure we make it a part of our everyday and our christmas we miss it by a mile amen so a couple of things that i noticed in the story of christmas we miss jesus for the same reason they miss jesus at his birth So my first point in missing Jesus or missing out on the thrill of hope is through our busyness. The innkeeper's mistake at the very first Christmas is that he had no room at the inn for Mary and Joseph. We all know the story. There was a taxation thing and they had to travel back to their hometown. And uh, as they said, it was the day of her birth. And so she gets there and he says, hey, you know, sorry, we have no room for you. There's no room. Of course, not knowing that the Savior and not paying attention, but he says, hey, I have to turn you away. There's no vacancy. We're all filled up. Luke 2, 7 talks about it. He says, so Mary gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, from the innkeeper or the hotel manager's standpoint, this was a good thing. 
He's filled up. These people are traveling for the thing that's taking place. Business is booming. Everything is good. He's doing a good job. He's being a good steward of his life. He's sold out the hotel. Everything's good. There should be nothing that anybody should say or have to say about him because everything is in order. He lives in the right neighborhood. He has the right school that the kids go to. Everything is good. They were full. Everything was like it was supposed to be, but he missed the Savior. He missed the Savior in that. I thought about it like this. In his busyness, it caused, busyness caused him to miss his greatest opportunity to meet God, be used by God, and be a part of history. Could it be said about your life that your busyness causes you to miss the greatest opportunity to meet God, be used by God, and be a part of history? Are you too busy with your busyness to make room for Jesus? Is there no room in your schedule? Is there no room in your resources? Is there no room in your time? Is there no room in your prayers? In your, is there no room to, to be thinking and, and giving energy to the Savior? Amen? Psalm 10.4 says, wicked people are too proud to seek God. They do not look for him and there is no room for God in their thoughts. We think, you know, how could you miss the Savior? How could you miss the, but we do it all the time in our thoughts. We leave no room for God even now. We're busy with work and school and the kids and the Netflix and all the other things that we make priority, but we leave no room for God in our thoughts. Amen. How do we miss Christmas? How do we miss the thrill of hope? How do we miss the inspiration of what it is? It's we leave no room for God in the way that we think. Amen? Number two, the other reason that uh, they missed out on this incredible experience was familiarity. Uh, The people, the religious leaders in this story, uh, what they did here is they were just too familiar with what it should have looked like or what it could have been. Right now in this season, uh, for us, uh, just bought like a little um, kid's Bible. And so she's sitting down with Caroline and she's doing the Christmas story and telling about the thing. And so it's really funny now because we drive down the road and, you know, it's the like quiet or whatever's going on. All of a sudden, Caroline will yell, baby Jesus. <laughs> and we're like, where? <laughs> but she sees the nativity. She sees the nativity. And she put, so like right now for me at Christmas, I'm blessed with the opportunity to be able to see Christmas through kids' eyes. She notices the manger. She notices the story. She knows. And so for me, I'm really blessed to, to not be stuck in the old familiar because it's easy for us as we get older. We get out the same old decorations. We go to the same old places and we hang out with the same people and essentially talk about the same things. And we let the whole thing become familiar. But really, it's important for us to be people that are always in wonder of what it is, in awe of, there's a thrill of hope that God came down, took on flesh and blood and changed all our lives. Amen. There's a thrill in that. We can't let it become familiar. And that's what happened with the religious leaders. Uh, The story goes like this in Matthew 2, verse 4 and 5. It said, King Herod called a meeting of all the leading priests and teachers of the law and asked them where Christ would be born. They answered, in a town of Bethlehem in Judea, The prophet Micah wrote about this in scripture is where this is all coming from. And so check this out. So you have the king and you have all these religious leaders around him that they understand it all. They get the scripture. They know the prophecy. They can, when called upon, they literally say, oh yeah, he'll be born here and like this and like this. And they can give an answer for it right on the spot when called in, they can give an answer for it. And then there's these wise men, some people say from Bethlehem, some people would argue that they came all the way from maybe even China and and just the travel of these wise men to get to see the savior was insane. But yet in that moment, 
when called upon, the religious leaders of that area could give an answer, oh yeah, it'll be like this and like this and like this. They had the information about it, but they became just so familiar with it that they didn't even care to go pursue it for themselves. Is it possible about your life that you're so familiar with it all in my life and we're so familiar with it all and we just go through the motion, we do the same thing, but you don't make an energy and an effort to pursue it in your life every time. Christ's mass, the worship of Christ, this is what we do. We pursue him in it. Or do we get more excited about how we're going to hide the elf and how we're going to bake the thing or how this year I'm going to this and that, and right? Amen? Yeah. We, we need to not let everything be familiar. We need to be people who pursue what we know. Amen? Yeah, and so I love this. They knew all of that, but they didn't care enough to check it out. There was an unusual star in the sky. People were traveling from great distances. And instead of going to see the Savior, they instead gathered with people to debate about it. I wonder in our life if we do the same thing with our theology about stuff. Oh, yeah, Christmas is coming. I believe this. And that's it. Instead of, oh, Christmas is coming. I care to go see and experience this. Amen? God wants you to encounter and experience him. Are you with me? Amen? Uh, And so familiarity, whenever we just put it here and leave it there, and it just is what it is, you're going to miss out on seeing the Savior. Amen? What's devastating about this story is from where King uh, Herod gathered everybody, to where Bethlehem was, the distance from, oh, I have the information, I hear this, I should go check it out for myself, the distance in those two things was only five miles. For them to go look for themselves and experience a Savior and a Messiah and go check it out and become a part of the life story, they wouldn't even take the effort of going five miles. How many times in our life do we do that too? We have an opportunity to make a difference or to meet with somebody. Jess called me this week, (coughs) excuse me, She's like, hey, I'm going to be late, and uh, which every husband loves to hear. Love that. Okay, okay you're going to be late. What's going on? She's like, well, and all I heard was Starbucks, and I was like, this is not a reason to be late. You're going to get Starbucks. <laughs> and what she said was she said, I was at the bank, and she said, I just felt like I needed to get everybody's coffee order. And uh, I was like, well, okay. And so she said, so <laughs> this is the best part. She's like, so I went in. I did the whole transaction. I told him, da, 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 da. she's like, then I went back out to the car. And, uh, and God told me again, like, you got to go get everybody's coffee order, which is kind of weird, right, at the bank. I mean, I'm not like taking away from that, but it's just a weird thing for God to prompt you to do, right? Or not. Maybe you're more spiritual than me. If he would have said, go give them Christmas tree cakes, I would have been like, yes, yes, <laughs> do that. That is the Lord. <laughs> but uh, so, so she goes back around. And what's, here's what's interesting. When I'm talking about at Christmas, uh, you know, people leave cards and those are nice and all that kind of stuff. But to make it personal, to make it an experience, she goes back to the drive-thru. She's like, hey, I'm just in there, whatever. She's like, but I'm going to Starbucks. I want all your guys' coffee orders. And uh, so what's interesting is they came back and they were ready to just give like a standard black order. Like, oh, I'll just have a, so she's like, no, whatever you guys want. You're like, I want to, you know, Christmas and blah, blah, blah. They're like, you would have thought gold. <laughs> That's what she texted me is like, I th- you know, they're acting like I'm going to go order them gold. Why? Because like, you know, if we can live in a way that we, we take this gift that we've been given and we give back and we make it an experience instead of like a theology argument, Amen. it's a much better way to do it. Amen. And so Ephesians, I kind of got off a little bit there, but Ephesians says this about, they wouldn't even take five miles to go check it out. Ephesians 4, 8 says this, their minds are dark 
and they are stubborn, so they have missed out on the life that comes from God. Can that be said about us? We're in the dark, and we're stubborn, and so we miss out on the life that comes from God. We're stubborn and we're stuck in our own ways. It's got to be like this and I got to do it like this. And I got, I have no room to maybe trust when God is calling me into the deep or calling me into this thing. And we get all, no, don't be stubborn. Don't miss out on the life that God has for you. Amen. Be led by him into encounters. Amen. A couple more thoughts here. Two ways for us to kind of close. Two ways for you to make sure that you don't miss your opportunity or miss the opportunity to, to Christ mass, to worship Christ. Uh, two things we need to do. The first thing we need to do is stop. In our lives, stop. So that's a good amen. That's a good spot for you to be like, yeah, amen. Because even right now, you know, going home, you have to, and you're just thinking about this week and you have all this kind of stuff. If you just stop, just stop and go, okay, Christmas, I'm going to worship you in this. Now, now, don't be weird. I mean, that doesn't mean you go to the Christmas party like with your tambourine and everybody, we're going to worship in the tambourine. And that's cool if your family worships like that. I think you should uh, if you're doing that. But I'm not saying all of a sudden you got to make it this forced thing. I'm saying stop in your heart and get from God about how you should lead your family in worshiping at Christmas. Amen? We can't let busy, busyness keep us from knowing God like we saw. Psalm 39, 6 says all man's busy, busyness and rushing ends in nothing. Uh, Psalm 39.6, I don't think I gave you guys that one, but uh, Psalm 39.6 talks about how all man's busy rushing ends in nothing. You live a life just on that treadmill, just running, running, running. You're going to end in nothing. I love this thought we've all heard. We can be so busy making a living that we forget to make a life. I love this thought. Beware of the barrenness of a busy life. Beware of the barrenness of a busy life. Could your Christmas be so busy that it's barren of everything that God has called it to? Amen? Busyness fills a schedule but could fracture a life. We have that keeping up with the Joneses. If I'm just busy, if I'm just this, if I'm just... And then you've really, you've really just fractured really who you're supposed to be. So we got to slow down. I love this. Psalm 46.10 talks about this, that in our life we're called to be still and just know that he's God. That's worshiping a Savior. That's worshiping God. That's being still and be in the knowing that he's God over your life. You don't have to get the thing and do all the thing and keep up with all the, just be still and know that he's God in your life. I thought about, um, I love this saying. I think Pascal said, um, all of man's problems come from the inability to sit still. I don't think that's 100% true, but, but isn't it true? Like just sometimes we get ourselves in situations where we aren't able to just be still and know that he's God in our life. And we get into all this other stuff and we get ourselves in trouble. It's important for us, especially at Christmas, to be still and know that he's God and worship him for that. Amen? I thought it was interesting that some of the first people that heard of Jesus being born was the shepherds. Story talks about how the news came to them. Well, maybe it was because they were the most willing to listen. They were in a place where they had ears to hear. Uh, they didn't have a ton going, and they were out in a place where they were going to listen. And so we're actually going to talk about it in the next couple of weeks. We're going to do a 31-day uh, like journal thing. We're going to be talking about hearing from God and hearing how God would lead us. And so um, I thought that was interesting with them. I love this. Proverbs 10, 27 says, reverence for God adds hours to each day. Whatever you need more of, put more of God in that area and see what happens. If you need more time in your life, give God more time and see what happens in your life. You need more money in your life? Give God more money and see what God does with your money. Amen? Yep. 
And so I just love that, that God in this time, he promises that he can add hours to your day. Why were the wise men wise? Because they pursued to check it out. They, they, they were in a position that they could stop and then they could pursue what God had for them. It's scripture says this in Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. We have to be pursuing God at Christmas, at all throughout the year, instead of pursuing all of the traditions that we make up. Amen. I'll close with this. If you guys want to come play the second and last part is, is what I just alluded to is we have to listen one. We have to stop. And the other is we have to listen. The enemy has done such a great job at noise, especially at the holidays. I remember when uh, you'd go to a restaurant and they played music and, and it was awkward. You're like, oh, it's loud here. I can't believe that they play music. Let's go to one that they don't. Now, have you ever gone to a restaurant where they don't play music in the house? That is weird, right? It's so sad. It's like, oh, man. And, uh, and so our culture has gotten to a place that music is behind everything. You call somebody and their ringtone is music now and ringtone on the callback thing. is All this, and that's fine. But we've just gotten to a place where it's almost hard to listen. Amen? I think it's a good distraction of the enemy. And so Luke 2, 10 through 11 says, The angel said, Fear not, I bring you the good news of great joy. A Savior has been born for you. He is Christ the Lord. Fear not, I bring you good news. We have to stop and listen because God brings us good news. Amen? At Christmas, he can bring you good news. Some of you may struggle at the holidays, and we totally understand that. But if you pursue God and, and understand that there can be thrill and hope and that you have a future and that, that, that maybe God could speak to you in a way that breaks you out of the thing that holds you back at the holidays, there's a thrill and a hope that God can do more than where you currently are. Amen? And so be a listener. Be somebody who listens because God brings good news into our lives. John 10, 10 says, Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. God didn't call you to live a negative life. He called you to live a positive life. He called you to be a people who can thrive in your life. We have too many people in this world that just exist. And I think that's what's so great about Christmas as he came in and he showed up and he changed everything so that you didn't just have to exist in your sin and in your past and in your, no, he changed everything so that you could thrive in him. You could be somebody who, who does this, who has life to the fullest, amen? I'll say this when I'm closing. Um, we're gonna do this uh, over the next 31 days. We have these books available. We just printed them. They're all free to you. Um, they're out there on the table. They're for January, and that's why they say 31 days. But what we did is we said, how can we be a people who hear and pursue? And the word we used is encounter. How can we be a people in the beginning of the year um, that just pursue God and, and have a desire to encounter him even beyond the Christmas story? And um, so what's really cool about this book is uh, the way that we did it is every day there's a different day in a scripture just to kind of maybe get you thinking. But then we said, today, what am I praying for? Today, what have I heard? And today, what have I experienced? And the goal in these 31 days is be praying about something, but then also be listening. What have you heard? Now, some might say, well, I've never heard the audible voice of God. Yeah, but is there a song that spoke to you? Is there something you saw? And then the other one is, <coughs> what did you experience? What did you get outside the box of your same old religion and the same old thing? Like, what did you get out and experience? 
What did you pray for somebody? Did you love on somebody? Did you listen? Did you just take time to listen to somebody that's maybe hard to listen to? What what did you experience? And every day we'll journal it, and there's a spot for notes. And so, the 31 days of January are going to be really powerful. Also, because God promises what you do in the first blesses the rest. So when we take the first month of next year to just encounter Him and pursue Him, He's going to bless the rest of our year. Amen. So we got to be a people who listen and who pursue God. And we make Christmas about worship, Christ's mass, and don't get caught up. Amen? Won't you stand to your feet? I want to just pray over you. Don't leave. We're going to take our legacy offering at the end. But I just wanted to stand and pray, just kind of in a reverence thing. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray this into our life. I want to just, as we go forward the week of Christmas, I want us to be a people who, who have room for God. We're not telling them, hey, down the road, we're full here. And I want to be a people who just don't get familiar and just say, oh, it's the same old, same old. Let's just get through it. Then we can put the stuff away. No, let's, let's really Christ mass. Let's worship this Christmas. Amen. So let's pray it. And then I'll have you be seated and we'll take our legacy offering. God, we love you so much. We're so thankful for what you're doing. God, we, we really do Christ mass. We worship you in this season. God, we don't want the busyness of the stores and the deals and and people, and just all the stuff that can get in the way. God, we don't want that to take up all the room in our hearts and in our minds. We want room for you. We want you to be first. God, we don't want to be familiar with the story and just let it pass by. God, we want to be in awe of the thrill of hope that you came and and gave and put in our lives. So God, help us to do that this week as we live to love and experience and learn you. In Jesus' name, amen.